0: Three, two, one, okay, we're back. And I was just getting a little bit under Julie's skin, start the podcast. She's just finished up about four hours of straight calls and she's a little bit zombified. That's right. So I had to say some things to slightly agitate her to get her frost. Yeah, that was pipe. helpful. <laughs> all right, well, so yeah. everyone, welcome back. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got a great show for you all and a lot of... Um, new news and breaking news and stuff to look forward to and stuff to be, you know, weary of all the rest of it. The whole point of our podcast, the whole point of whatever everything we do, anytime we're broadcasting, syndicating, whatever it is that we do, our focus is on getting you guys into action ultimately. But for that to happen, we have to educate you and we have to, you know, obviously motivate you. And then it's up to you to get into action. The motivation comes after the education, but ultimately neither of the first two things mean a hill of beans unless you've actually decided to get into action. The getting into action part here is something all of you guys have to do. Julie and I can help start your fire. We could even help you carry some wood to the campground. But at the end of the day, if you're not the one that's actually going to get into action and keep that fire burning, then really, guys, it's all for naught. So look, here we are finally starting to feel a little reprieve from all of our, I don't know what you want to call it, forced quarantines, Mm -hmm. lockdown. You know, all of us are starting to look forward to having some sort of you know, sense of freedom again as we leave our homes, as we meander out to this new world that we're going to find ourselves in. And if you are a first time listener, um, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to all of our past podcasts because Julie and I have been predicting with a frankly shockingly high level of accuracy. Uh, what was going to be happening um, now when we were predicting it two months ago? Then um, basically, if you want to know what our crystal ball was, it was just essentially being amateur historians and also paying attention to what was happening in the rest of the world. So, based on what we're seeing happen in the rest of the world, and you know, frankly, knowing what's happened in history after been uh, big pandemics, it's fairly clear what's going to happen next for all of us. History does indeed, re- you know, repeat itself, albeit sometimes with you know, variations of the theme. But at the end of the day, what's happening now is not anything new for humanity. And the resolution of this will be the same as it's been all the way back to the beginning of time. Um, And I'm dealing with, I'm talking about the pandemic, but I'm also talking about the economy. We had what I thought was a really fun podcast yesterday on Mm -hmm. Sunday. Yeah. Our Sunday. A lot of ground. Yeah, we did cover a lot of ground. And make sure you guys are listening to our Sunday podcast, because those are the ones where Frankly, Julie, have Julie and I feel less pressure because we didn't just come off a bunch of coaching calls or sometimes stressful calls with brokers and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, and so we're more chill. And I think the call, the uh, podcasts we do, are actually a little more fun. Well, they're fun for us. Hopefully, they're fun for you guys too. So, Julie, you just came off a wall, an army, a whole thousand. How many coaching calls did you have to? I
1: many? had eight in a row, plus this podcast and Premier Coaching.
0: Well, pre- Premier Coaching with the eight in the row. So, Julie presented and answered and coached over well over over 100 people today. Um, So Julie, from your experience talking with um, agents all over the country, some in Canada, obviously some in Australia and whatnot, Mm -hmm. what are you hearing?
1: I would say by and large, there's a lot of uh, cautious optimism for at least this immediate quarter going forward, this next 90 to 120 days uh, mixed with, um, you know, some, I I guess there's no other way to say, but they're having a few random crazy conversations. (laughs) So I think... It's Like, you know, people who actually have real motivation, which is true in any market, that's what you want to look for. But when things are really, you know, moving themselves, you get a lot of sort of recreational sellers that are trying to get their aspirational pricing. That has melted away by and large. And we're getting a lot of people who are either relocating, getting divorced, getting better school districts. They've already sold their house. I'm seeing a lot of people who already sold their house like 60 days ago that are having a hard time finding what they want because inventory has been shrinking. For most of the price ranges until you get into luxury or some of the condo markets, like in Florida, for example, most of the what I call normal people price ranges still have multiple offers. Price is still fairly well protected. Um, But it's interesting to see uh, what the buyers are going through is some more strict lending. And then, you know, there are, you know, you got to kiss a lot of frogs. The theme has been when you generate lots of business, you don't have to tolerate the crazy in the market. And there are people that are glued to CNN who have wigged themselves out. Um, and I basically have banned our coaching clients from dealing with the crazy. You ca- when you generate more business, you can tolerate less of the weird.
0: Well, and that's what this new world, this new ab- new normal, is abnormal. And it's gonna you're gonna yeah. see a lot of people that are psychologically scarred. Um, for frankly, forever, they're not ever not going to be psychologically scarred from this. Some people, this is gonna hit home at such in such a raw root way that they're never going to get over it and you have to make sure that you don't join them because what's going to happen essentially is they're going to stay locked in time for the rest of their lives they're never going to move forward physically they might move forward but they're never certainly going to move forward emotionally and their finances are actually going to suffer forever because of this they a lot of people are literally going to give up maybe not just give up in the you know, the saddest sense, but give up in the sense that they're gonna lose their ambition. They're gonna use this as an excuse not to ever have to drill down or work hard in the first place. And frankly, most of the people that are making that conclusion or making that decision are gonna be the same ones that never did it in the first place. So don't join them. Okay, fight against that. If you find yourself feeling small, if you find yourself You know, being attracted to the bad news. If you find yourself starting to be, you know, feel partisan, starting to say, you know what? We should all be on lockdown. We should all be on quarantine. There should be, if you feel yourself being attracted to that, you have to ask yourself why. What is it about you that's making you want to actually think and feel that keeping people in their homes for an indefinite amount of time uh, is a good idea? Despite the fact that essentially we're experiencing, you know, an absolutely horrible economic catastrophe as a result of it. Um, And yes, the Fed and the government's going to boost money into the economy. And yes, there's going to be a sense of um, maybe having a lifeline. And all of you guys hopefully have been paying attention to what we've been doing our very best to (laughs) beat into all of your ears and your heads with regards to the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, which I'll tell you about in a second if you haven't downloaded that yet. But the moral of the story here, guys, is that we are entering into a new economic time. And so there's three thoughts I have for you number one after the recession which did not have anywhere near this level of job destruction after the recession it took 10 years for the unemployment rate to get to where it was only 60 days ago before all this hit so you understand what i'm saying it took 10 years and the total number of people that lost their jobs as the result of the Great Recession was not as severe as the number of people who lost...
1: It was 30% as of where we are already today. It was only 30% of the numbers.
0: You mean it's 30% of how many have lost their yeah. jobs now? Yeah. Yeah. So from when, when you hear these economists and what now? So the question is, obviously, how many people are going to regain their jobs when essentially the, the state economy start to open up again? Um, And here's the real answer. Who the hell knows? But the real reopening of America won't happen until there's a therapy or a vaccine for the virus. There will be some people that get their jobs back, certainly, but there won't be that many that uh, there'll be more people that don't. That's just a simple, sad fact the whole the, essentially guys the whole chessboard has been you know the rules have changed and it's going to take a while for businesses to figure it out you're the next wave of things that are going to happen and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole so let's go, go talk about mm-hmm. articles but the next wave of uh, bankruptcies is going to be shocking the businesses you know you can just rattle off business names and they're all basically looking at bankruptcy between airlines and hotels Gold's Gym, you know, Nordstrom's is closing up stores. Uh, Neiman Marcus is uh, supposedly, you know, looking at bankruptcy. All these other, you know, look, and so what does that mean? Does that mean they're going to go away? No, it means that they're going to come back in a different form. Maybe some of them will go away. Maybe some of them the best option is to, you know, be liquidated and go out of business. But a lot of these bankruptcy is there. And it has a useful purpose in, the, you know, in our economy. It allows businesses to set aside some of their debts, negotiate, sort of, you know, essentially recreate themselves. And when you hear all these, you know, bankruptcy stories, what that really does, uh, what that does have an effect on is oftentimes, again, people's jobs. That's where you guys should be focused. And make sure in your local markets, you know what's going on with the local major employers. Make sure that they're on stable ground. I'll give you guys an example. When Julie and I sold real estate, oh my gosh, yes, that's right. Coaches that actually sold real estate. Shocking but true. <laughs> Shocking but true. How some of you guys have allowed yourselves to believe that the coach or guru you're following in real estate is worth listening to when they never sold real estate before is beyond me. By the way, there's a great website we created a long time ago to help you guys interview potential coaches. It's called Comparacoach.com. Comparacoach.com. Back in, back in our old um, town where we are selling real estate, It was actually a new town, but, you know, uh, it's called New Albany, Ohio. And Julie and I had migrated there um, and we were selling, you know, in this area prominently in the New Albany Country Club and this other surrounding area of New Albany and all those types of, you know, areas of town. Well, the major employer there was the Limited, and the Limited owned, you know, Bath and Body Works, Victoria's Secret, Limited, Limited Two, Abercrombie, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch, all these different brands, and they're all the corporate headquarters were right there in Columbus and New Albany, Ohio, uh, especially the Albany Country Club area was created by Les Wexner, who basically was the billionaire who was the CEO of all these entities. And um, long story short, the none of those businesses are doing very well. Victoria's Secret, it's on its heels. Uh, frankly, you know, there's a whole bunch of you know Jeffrey Epstein tie ins to Les Wexner. Yes, it's the same Les Wexner. So that whole area is in flux. The housing market there, houses are selling for less than they were selling for back when Julie and I were selling real estate there, which was 10 plus 15 years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. It was forever, maybe 20, 15 years, right? What year is this? Oh, five. So, yeah, whatever that 15 is. 15 years ago. Right. So, that is what's happening to that market now if we were selling real estate back there and uh, we were so dependent on the buyers and the sellers that were working for that particular company we would have problems and a lot of you guys are going to experience the same thing so make sure you're paying attention to what's going on in your local economy and it's okay for you to move markets and you better move markets basically before the market forces you to move uh, just keep these things in mind this is the type of thing that we want to make you aware of so that you can be strategically strategically positioned going forward. So the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide. That's the the guide that Julie and I created a little over two months ago. Actually, yeah, that's right, a little Mm -hmm. over two months ago. And it's broken into three parts, personal, protect, and profit. And the personal uh, phase um, is uh, all about how to basically take advantage, full advantage of all the government lifelines, including the SBA, PPP, the uh, SBA EIDL, the um, you know, unemployment, how to get forbearances. We've done all the decoding of all the paperwork and all the inside information for you. And I'm going to give you guys a, for example, of how deeply uh, Julie and I take this as far as seriousness and as far as our time and how deep into the information we go. Now, some of you guys have applied for an EIDL loan. Um, it stands for, Julie, you're being quizzed. Economic
1: Impact Disaster Loan.
0: <laughs> I hate the fact that we've had to learn all these acronyms. Blah, blah, I know.
1: <laughs> I know, and they come out with new ones all the time, but that's yeah. okay. We'll keep up.
0: Okay, so the Economic Impact Disaster, Disaster Loan, loan. Yes. and you have to apply for that one on the SBA website. You all should be doing it. Well, we found out, some insider information, that when you get a response from the SBA, if you're, if the uh, file number file number does not start with a three- Uh, They're not going to actually process your loan. So the reality of it is, is these uh, EIDL loans, some of them are grants and a grant like, so for example, when filling out the application, you you can request an emergency grant for up to 10,000. Yes, I know that's changing, but there you go. Um, and you won't get the grant and you won't get uh, even the loan if your number case file does not start with a three. So there's a little insider information for you. So search your email for those of you who have been following our suggestions on how to take advantage of these lifelines as you know go and search and see if it's your uh, your case file whatever it is starts the three and if it doesn't then you probably need to resubmit so there's some insider information for you and this information is only available um from all the you know hours we've been in quarantine researching all of this so you guys can be so uh prepared for the market that's going to come after this mini housing boom and we do believe and we do know and we're going to provide you guys lots of anecdotal information to reinforce the uh you know we do think it's going to feel like a boom and all of you need to be taking maximum advantage of that boom that's going to be lying ahead so do we have some articles so from the news today
1: from the news today we mentioned unemployment but here's the facts uh, let's see. Let's get to this first one. Unemployment numbers will, quote, get worse before they get better, according to Mnuchin.
0: I, you know what? I screwed up. What? I didn't tell him to text the word survival to 31996. Oh,
1: well, rewind. <laughs> Back to you. Back to me.
0: So, look, if you guys want right. that three part report, text the word survival to 31996. Text the word SURVIVAL to 31996, and we're going to text you back a JOIN link to join our free coaching call. Not only are you going to get all the information I just promised, but you're also going to be entitled to a free daily semi-private coaching call. So text the word SURVIVAL to 31996.
1: That's right. Okay, so back to the unemployment numbers. The worst of the nation's historic job losses are yet to come, according to Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, who told Fox News Sunday that the reported numbers are probably going to get worse before they get better. This was following Friday's report from the Labor Department showing the U.S. lost a staggering 20.5 million jobs in April, bringing the jobless rate to its highest level since not the recession, but since the Great Depression of 14.7%. Asked by Chris Wallace whether the nation's true unemployment rate was closer to 25%, Mnuchin responded, we could be. This is no fault of American business or American workers. This is the result of a virus. But you're going to have a very, very bad second quarter. So then they talked about, let's see, uh, they predict the economy will reopen through June and start to bounce back over the summer, but the economy would have a slightly better third quarter followed by a better fourth quarter, and next year will be the great year. So this is you know, cautiously optimistic, but the numbers are still at least 15%, um, and they're projected to be 25%-ish. So what do you do with that? Okay, well, that stinks. People are losing their jobs, maybe one out of four people. You're gonna know people who have lost their jobs, their businesses, downsizing, right sizing, furloughed, et cetera. So you can identify with that feeling. That sucks, but don't ident- you can identify what the feeling is, but don't identify with it. Don't join them in being upset. Your job is to help them get to whatever is next. So tell me more about your situation. And determine how best you can be of service to the people who need you the most. So you're going to have a couple of different things happening. You're going to have some normal transactions. Remember, if one in four people are unemployed, that means three out of four are not unemployed. You know, there's people in markets that are doing very well right now in different segments, especially in the middle of the country where people are actually looking for property that's more rural. It's kind of a counterintuitive trend that we haven't seen probably ever, So there are little mini booms happening. There are people doing very well. So you're going to have to be very flexible and versatile and be able to talk to both situations without getting down into the emotional quagmire with people.
0: It is kind of fascinating what you said, because during the Industrial Revolution, as our history books will tell us, that essentially people moved from the rural, you know, living in the rural countrysides as they were, you know, Mm -hmm. into the cities in order to get jobs. Uh, and now because of the internet, because of the you know, the technological revolution, people being able to work from home, they're moving from the cities back into the yep. rural area. Isn't that a fascinating though? It really is. Migration and I think trends.
1: yeah, this is gonna be a big trend, I think. I think it is too. Um, based on what our coaching clients are telling us. So um I keep getting reports of houses that were previously deemed to be quote too far out. And they're starting to do really well. And stuff yeah. that hadn't sold before because people wanted to be closer in, now the pendulum swings. So that's I, interesting.
0: I've got the next one. So the next one, New York extends, I'll just give you guys the highlights yes. on this one. New York extends eviction moratorium. New York, of course. I'm sure California is going to do the same thing, uh, you know, where they really love to respect your property rights. Uh, the moratorium, which was originally put in place March, is supposed to last through is, June, has been extended through August 20th. So if you've got rental properties in the great state of New York, or I'm sure soon California, followed by a bunch of other states, don't be surprised if your tenants catch catch wind of this and realize that they don't have to make their rent payments. And as a result of that, you're going to have a bunch of tenants not paying rent and you can't do anything about it. That is going to happen. It's inevitable. It's the natural, normal You know, fall out from essentially a government intervention into the private hands of property owners. So there you go. And how are they going to enforce that? They're basically the you know they're essentially making it so the judges can't process the evictions, and ultimately that's going to make the whole thing slow down. Which means that a lot of you guys who have stacked properties where you borrowed from one, borrowed you know to make the other, where you where you weren't making a lot of cash flow in the first place. That's going to create, let's just say, some motivated sellers. So there's another idea for you. If you're looking for some listings, maybe you should call the for rents. And we've got a story coming up, two stories from now, which will really emphasize that. All right. I just told them about the next one. Julie, yeah, I to do? saw it.
1: OK, so uh, since we're all looking forward to what happens next, a couple of countries are ahead of us on this. And we have, unfortunately, some news about South Korea, Germany and China. They're showing continued risk as more countries reopen. And The South Korean uh, president speaking Sunday after a new cluster of coronavirus cases emerged in the country's capital of Seoul, sparking fear of a second wave of infections in the East Asian country. So as we said before, this is not going to be a V-shaped recovery. We're going to have ups and downs, ebbs and flows. We may have some re-quarantining going on. And this is why we're advising you guys, obviously, be careful with yourself and your family. Follow all the guidelines. But- Plan on making hay while the sun shines, guys, 90 to 120 days, because third and fourth quarter are very, very unknown right now. There is no precedent for this. This is not just like anything. It's its its own thing. So you've got to plan and run with what you've got. I'm coaching everyone. You've got to be so white on rice with that lead follow-up. You've got to be working all of your spokes. You've got to be flexible with your scripts. Now is the time And it's your job to stave off the uncertainty of third and fourth quarter. I hope we're wrong. I do. I hope we're not like South Korea, but, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best.
0: I hope we're wrong, too. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with us saying that. We don't have a... There is no, you know, this this combination of things that are happening has never happened before. Not just like this. Like I said, history repeats itself, sure, but it's always, you know, with different characters. In this particular case we have an election year there are some boil-ups with tension in china in the south in, around taiwan you know something we're not going to talk about today but we're monitoring um then you have the virus and then you have the economic blah 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 right i mean all these things together creates an enormous number of amount of headwinds and yes we love steve mnuchin being um you know a champion Poster. of a uh, you know big markets comeback but intellectually that doesn't make sense how can there be a big uh Market comeback with so many people unemployed and with no real you know certainty as far as what's going to happen with the resolution of the virus and the other things we talked about it just doesn't make sense and that goes back to what Julie and I have been telling you guys every single day you need to be very good at protecting yourselves and stop waiting for even Julie and I to tell you how to think now if we happen to tell you how you already think and we're reinforcing and giving you better information um, you need to question even that always look for counter punches to the way you think because in time like this you have to keep your mind frosty you have to keep your mind sharp and don't be so willing to tribe up with anybody not even us you have to ultimately be your own guru you have to ultimately be your own best resource of information and make your own decisions there's nothing wrong with worrying with being wrong if but here's one suggestion obviously that we live by and always preach to everyone who cares to listen is always be prepared for the worst and hope for the best. And a lot of you guys have come out of this long era, most of your adult lives, where you've just been able to hope for the best and magically it's happened. And well, it's you, called it, luck. Yeah, you no, know, it's it's just being in the it is being in the right place at the right yeah. time in the economy during the right leg. We've been telling you guys to read things like the Ray Dalio um, series on um, called the Changing World Order that's over on LinkedIn, and you guys can just Google that; it's free. It's the changing royal uh, world order, Ray Dalio, and it is a not an easy read. <laughs> I'll suggest but it that, is interesting. It is interesting, and basically, it gives you a fairly, I think, accurate look forward using histor- historical. Uh, Pre- precedence as far as what we should ex- you know what we should expect next and we've been relying on that and a lot of other people for their you know to to give us the information that we need to fill in the gaps of we have very many gaps all right sorry that's what happens when i try to talk and read at the same time all right next story yes seeking immediate oh you want to do this one I got it
1: seeking immediate liquidity this is something i've been watching closely because we have quite a few coaching members who are in markets that are full of Airbnb, HomeAway, uh, VRBO, for you, those of you guys somehow don't know what that is, that's a short-term vacation rental property. So when you go and visit someplace, you don't wanna stay in a hotel, you rent somebody's house. Okay, so seeking immediate liquidity is the headline. Over leveraged Airbnb hosts rush to dump homes, warns Redfin CEO. Our suspicions were correct in late March when we identified Airbnb over leveraged super hosts as the next possible forced seller to hit real estate markets as their rental income collapsed due to coronavirus lockdowns. The slide in rental income is shown in a precipitous chart um, as bookings have tumbled during the pandemic. So about a month later in late April, sad stories of hosts surfaces and detailed troubling picture of de Quote, there's been a flood of people. You have people coming and saying, I'm a month or two away from foreclosure. What's gonna, what is it gonna take to get it sold? So this is something we're absolutely watching and monitoring. Yes, there are some Airbnb hosts that have it paid off and they use it half the time and they're not so urgent. There's also a whole bunch of people that bought their um, vacation rental properties at the height of the market. Maybe even at this point we would say possibly overpaid, got into a bidding war, didn't put that much money down, were totally planning on the rental income. All of their numbers were based on that spreadsheet and now they don't have any of that for months. How long can they sustain that? And some of these properties have pretty big mortgage payments on them. So this is perhaps the leading edge of some distressed sales. What's your opinion on that, Tim? We've been Uh, watching this kind of from the beginning.
0: Well, I mean, it does make sense. And if I were, you know, listing agent or wanting to be a listing agent, I'll tell you what I'd be doing right now. I'd be soliciting VRBOs. Yeah, home which away.
1: incidentally, you can find their phone numbers yes. and their listings under contact the owner.
0: Right. And well, here's another one. How about property management companies that don't um, list properties? There's a lot of them. Yeah. See, you guys realize that everywhere... So there's an article that came up on CNBC. Julie, I just sent you a new one. Um, that essentially, the long story short of this article was, as states reopen, homebuyers rush back out, but sellers are staying on the sidelines. And here's the key points. is uh, For the week of ending May 2nd, the total number of listings was down 19% annually, and new listings were down 39%, according to Realtor.com. Um, and this is a quote We had buyers ready, willing, and able, and the sellers have uh, been the ones who have pulled their homes, changed their minds, said uh, Ben Hirsch, real estate agent for Atlantic home and by the way it's kind of a terrible picture on cnbc he looks very standoffish in this picture even though i'm sure ben is a lovely gentleman it just is not the picture i would have suggested that cnbc use but that aside um so what is that article all about what it it reveals it does i'm sure he's a nice guy though uh what does that article reveal that there are a lot of sellers that didn't have to sell that's That's fine. fine who cares the sellers that have to sell are the ones that will always sell, no matter what the market conditions are doing. So the ones that were not motivated, that didn't have to sell, the ones that could, you know, afford to wait a year or two years, that's fine. Take them off the market. That's fine. But I'll tell you, you got to learn scripts because you know the fact is, is a lot of these sellers maybe were selling um, originally back in February with the anticipation that this was going to be the peak of the market, which frankly it was. And for them not to be taking advantage of what might just be a slight continuation of the peak of the market in this mini bubble that we're about to experience, or this mini boom that we're about to experience, is foolhardy. And so the question you need to ask and the script you need to learn is, Mr. Seller, um, in the future, six months, 12 months from now, do you think your property is going to be worth more or less, given what we know about that's going on with you know the pandemic, unemployment, uh, uncertainty in the economy? Do you think there's a chance the house will be worth less? And if that's the case, Mr. Seller, doesn't it make sense to make the most of the market that we have in front of us now, opposed to it rolling the dice on what may or may not happen in the future? And there's lots of scripts like that that you guys have to learn. Now, some of them are gonna say, you know what, I didn't really need to move anyway. I'm fine with the yard I have. You know, we can just remodel, put a new kitchen in, and that's perfectly fine. And those weren't motivated sellers anyway. They wouldn't have priced correctly, and they would have driven most of you crazy. But the recreational movers are probably out of the market. So what you're gonna be dealing with now is really the true motivated sellers. The ones that are having financial problems, the ones that have to move to take new jobs, the ones that have inherited properties from, you know, probate. Probate. So by the way, a great source for probate leads, you guys should write this down, and this is without spaces. It's the word all the leads, all the leads. Text that to to 31996. Text the word all the leads to 31996. Text the word all the leads to 31996. Um, And by the way, brokers, agents, if you want to talk with me about joining eXp Realty, it is the smartest move many of you guys can be making right now um, as the last of this seller's boom market uh, runs its course because of the things that we've been describing to you. You can text the word eXp to 31996, and there's a simple nine-minute video that's waiting there for you to watch. We'll text you a link back. Or if you'd like to talk with me directly, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. Did you see the story I just sent you?
1: Uh, another one you just sent me. Hang on, about uh, Douglas Elliman, I
0: think. Yes, so Douglas Elliman, who in our opinion is probably one of the most respected real estate yep. brokerage, certainly in New York City, but around the country. And we we're honored to have worked with them over the years, and have done events for them. Wonderful people, really across the board. Some of the classiest people in real estate we've ever come across unfortunately they're not you know in New York City that market has been on a essentially a buyer's market for a long period of time now and this coronavirus since New York City is essentially shut down is really putting the company on its heels which is sad to read Um, but the story says Douglas Elliman reveals layoff salary cuts on an earnings call the company has laid off 25 percent of its staff and cut all other salaries by approximately 15 percent and those stories and stories like that are going to are going to continue to come out. So real estate brokerages, especially um, the older, more traditional real estate brokerages like DE, they're going to have to retool themselves and reposition themselves to this new market. The expectations of buyers and sellers have completely changed. I have no doubt that Douglas Ellman will be able to easily pull it off. Um,
1: Yeah, but that's kind of a bellwether, don't you think? Douglas Ellman is the real deal, right? They study stuff. They're very good on their statistics. They know their, their business very well. So if they're taking measures like that, at this point that tells you a lot so you know there's it's like this strange dichotomy right so so agents are all geeked up and it's great kudos to you guys you're out there in the field again you're writing contracts you're having to compete the listings are selling the uh, contracts are up by about 24 percent month over month but listings are down about 60 percent so you have this weird combination of things and you still have low interest rates so a smart agent would say to themselves hmm Maybe I've got a super motivated buyer who's ready to rumble. Maybe they've even sold their own house. How can I be in a situation to match them with a seller where I don't have to compete? So that means you're involved in things like probate. You're involved in things like working with builders with their new inventory and maybe prospecting vacation rental by owner properties. Expired for sale
0: by owners. That's right. All these things we teach you guys how to do as part of our coaching program. Yes. Um, and by the way, if you want to learn more about our coaching program, just text the word education to 31996. Text the word education to 31996. Guys, we're all crossing this bridge together. We're all in this sort of... Weird, bizarre, you know, world of where we're still sort of clinging on to what was and we're sort of grasping at what might come next. One thing is for sure, the agents that have the education and the training are the ones that are going to exist and be relevant going forward. The past market was not about needing a high skill set. It just wasn't. It was mostly about who you knew. That's in the essence of why centers of influence and past clients and whatnot, that market works really well in a seller's market. But as you enter into, which is the transition period, um, the new market, which in this case is going to be some sort of bizarre buyer's market, and then you're essentially once you're there, the skill set that you need then is not just prominently based on who you know. And if all your skill set is based on who you know and your friends and family and centers of influence, you're not going to make it in the new market because what's going to happen, and many of you listening who have experienced this know the pain of having this happen, is your centers of influence and past clients who would have normally in a market where they knew the house would sell themselves sell itself rather would list with you no problems they won't list with you because they're going to be experiencing maybe some financial stress, or they're not going to be willing to roll the dice with you just because you gave them pumpkin pies in November. They're going to want to list with somebody who they know can get the job done, Who, in other words, who has the skill set. The best combination is an agent that can essentially, you know, knows how to do the centers of influence and past client stuff that does have the skill set. Many of you won't realize you don't have the skill set until you lose listings.
1: Yes, I was about to say that, Tim. You want to talk about the most motivated coaching client you can have? For
0: sure. Somebody
1: who thought... That because they were friends with that person and they've talked with them and they've been on Facebook with them, that when it comes time to sell and they really need you, that you absolutely are the shoe-in agent. And then you come to find out after the fact that you were actually competing, maybe even against somebody you've never heard of, who took the listing because they had better skill set than you. And the first thing they do typically is it's not my fault, they must have overpriced it. But when you come to the realization that they didn't overprice it, they actually had the skill set to price it right and it sold tomorrow because of them. That person becomes miraculously coachable because they had their butt handed to them out of, you know, arrogance, ego, you know, being asleep at the wheel and they're embarrassed. Well, but I want, I hope that we can save you guys from some of that.
0: It's, it's the ability to proactively lead generate yourself. That's the first thing. Then it's the ability to pre-qualify. That's the second thing. Most of you right there, you're dead in the water. You don't know how to do either one of those things, do you? If, if you say you have clients right now, many of you will say, you know, we are in front of you on a Zoom. I'd say, how many of you guys have clients that you're chasing right now? All of you, your hands would go up, and most of you would be chasing mostly buyers. And then I'd ask you simple, basic pre-qualification questions about those buyers, or you know, those of you who had sellers that you were that were on your radar. You wouldn't have known any of the answers to any of the questions because you guys have never been trained in how to pre-qualify. And if you don't know how to pre-qualify, then you're going to spend your time with unmotivated people. And as soon as they're experiencing the first headwind, they're going to back off. They're going to put it on the back burner. They might not send you an email or a text saying, hey, Bobby and Susie, we've decided that we don't really want to buy a house this year or sell our house this year. They're just going to kind of start ghosting you. You're experiencing that now, aren't you, listeners? It's because you didn't pre-qualify. And ultimately, the, the, the dream crusher of not having a skill set is is you will very easily find yourself working with a bunch of pre- unqualified people that's going to suck away all your time, and then you're going to believe that you were the problem, and that you know I didn't succeed this month or this year because maybe I'm not good enough. Well, what wasn't wrong, What was wrong was your skill set wasn't good enough, and you could have easily done something about that had somebody told you. And we're telling you now. So even after you pre-qualify, you're going to have to be able to send a really kick-ass pre-listing pack. A good pre-listing pack is designed to pre-sell the listing for you. Answer all the hard questions prior to you getting there. That way, when you go to the seller's house, essentially, they've already gotten all their, you know, all the tough questions you hope and pray are never asked of you. Why would I list with you? Will you cut your commission? All the questions, you know, so-and-so is a number one agent in my marketplace. Why wouldn't I list with them? All those questions are answered when you use our uh, pre-listing pack, which we want you to customize, but don't take away the heart of the content, which is really designed to do all the heavy lifting for a listing appointment for you. And then you need to actually how to do a listing presentation. You need to know how to negotiate. You need to know how to – all the things – that all of you guys have never really had to be that good at because the market had so much sales velocity because it was a seller's market the seller's market makes everything seem easier and look you can be a terrible business person and still stay alive in a seller's market you can be buying leads and building teams and spending money on your team and logo because your listings were selling so fast you could get away with having a low or no skill set business in real estate Because of the fact the inventory sold itself when you put it in the MLS, even if you priced it wrong. Those days are over. Don't wait to find out if what we're telling you is the truth. Intuitively, you know it's the truth. So take action. Text the word education to 31996. And one of our new member coaches will call you right back and answer all the questions you might have about our coaching programs. You want to do what you love and what you hate?
1: Oh, I do. I don't have a a lot of what I hate other than, you know, the ongoing uncertainty, you know, which we all hate. You got to come up
0: with one, Julie.
1: Well, let's, okay. So the, the onset of the random crazy things where I've talked to some coaching clients and they're like, one of them said that. She had this lead that would not, they were like haunting her, which is usually a nice thing. You know, your, your leads are tracking you down, but in kind of a psycho ax murdery kind of way. And you know, like what causes that you're not the agent for that person. They need some other kind of help, which it would be very wise for you to recommend, and I, you know, the coaching was walk away from that client because if you want to talk about an early warning sign. How do you think that person's going to deal with a bad inspection? So I, I think that the people that had weak mindsets going into this are starting to crack and you've got to really protect yourself and your own mindset. So if I had something to hate, it would be anybody that bothers our kick-ass agents who are
0: strong. Okay, I'm going to do, I love so okay, we watched watch a really good series over the weekend, mm-hmm. Catch Twenty Two. Yes, it was really good. Well, Julie, can you Google who wrote that book? I, I don't w- remember. I, yeah, I, I want to be accurate. But I that. watched the the original one was uh, the original Catch Twenty Two movie was in the seventies, and I remember watching it as a kid. If you guys haven't watched it, it's actually really really good. It's directed by George Clooney. Um, but that's something I loved. It was very. I think that was a really good. Uh, and the other thing that we watched, and then we watched this last It was weekend, written by
1: uh, Joseph Heller published in 1961 but it's, it's really very excellent. I I've enjoyed it too.
0: Yeah, and then the other one that we'll suggest to all of you is over on Hulu. Not that we should be suggesting list or uh, viewing uh <laughs> to you all of you guys. I think probably you watched <laughs> everything there is to watch twice now. Yeah. But the other one that we've really enjoyed was something called Devs, D E V S, over on Hulu. A very science fictiony and very cool. It's all about essentially um Choice—it's all about your ability to choose versus essentially destiny and just all kinds of different, you know, things like that. It's, I thought that was really enjoyable, especially for times like this. So things I hate. Oh, well, did you- I've got
1: a combined like and hate thing. Okay. Um, you know, we have all of these dramatic stories in the news that the food supply chain is breaking down, but. And, and I'm sure, you know, depending on what you're talking about, some of that is true. But uh, one of the farms in California had a reporter call and say, quote, we want some produce rotten, rotting in the field and milk going down the drains. That's what we want to report on. OK, so Judith Redmond, a longtime farmer in California's Capay Valley, uh, northwest of Sacramento, said, uh, well, actually, that's not what's happening here. Redmond, a founding partner of a 450-acre organic farm called Full Belly Farm, is busier than ever ramping up production to meet soaring demand. So what we're talking about here is the boom of these you know, farms that do the subscription where you get a, a box of produce. Mm. They're doing really well right now. Sure. So again, turning towards the interior of the country, more rural, you know, supplying that we've reported very early on that chicks disappeared because people want to raise chickens and get eggs. So this is kind of, I hate the, the negative reporting that got that call in the first place. Show us some dramatic, you know, animals being slaughtered and dumping milk. And I love the fact that the response was, well, actually, that's not what's happening. We're doing quite well. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So honestly, as far as things I hate, it's because I had a broker call this morning. Um, and this was a broker with about 50 agents. And they're calling asking to be part of Julie Nice eXp group. And um, this broker was already through all their savings. We told Mm -hmm. them how to, you know, I told her on this call, even though she'd listened to the podcast and she knew that she should have done this already. I had told, you know, I had to remind her how to go about doing all the EIDL stuff and the SBA Mm -hmm. stuff. And I hope she's not listening because she's going to be offended, but that's fine. I asked her like how long she'd been listening. She said she listens to a podcast every day, which let's assume that she listens like three of the, you know, we do it every day, five days a week, actually six days a week. So let's assume that she listens maybe three days a week. There has not been a day of the week in the last two months where we haven't absolutely begged for all of you to, um, you know, Take advantage of all the lifelines from the government. We've told you guys how to do it. We've told you, given you all the We're inside you information. Hacks to it. Yeah. Details. Just text the word "survival" to three one nine nine six. And so I asked her why she hadn't told her agents about any of this, mm. and it didn't even occur to her that she should be telling her agents about the things that they could be doing. The agents could be doing to protect themselves. And I yeah, I no find that no. I didn't say anything on the, on the call certainly, but I found that just a little bit. Disheartening and absolutely disconnected from reality. If you're doing it yourself, broker, why aren't you telling your agents to do it? We have made it abundantly clear that it's available to everyone, whether they're 1099 or W 2. And yet, so many of you are sitting on this information. And I happen to know for a fact that we have CEOs of real estate brokerages and we have people from, you know, just all kinds of people of influence why the hell aren't you telling your agents and everyone who will listen to you to do this look if you don't want to do it because you're worried about god knows what you're worried about put julie and i on a zoom call with you or whatever format you'd like and we'll be more than happy to do all the heavy lifting for you just send me or just text me we're doing it
1: all day every day guys. (laughs) so we'll do it for you that way you can take care of yourself we'll help you take care of your agents so they can in turn help to take care of the rest of the world it is our obligation, and a lot of people are saying, you know, it's going to take housing to lead us out of this recession-slash-depression, and that there is pent-up demand, that they people do need our help. But your agents aren't going to be able to help anybody if they have 3 a.m. real estate night sweats. If they're freaking out about how to feed their family, how can they help somebody else?
0: That's right. How quickly all of you self-proclaimed leaders start just to focusing inward and start focusing on not wanting actually to truly be of service to other people. That is a character issue. So I would suggest Mm -hmm. that you write that before it's too late because what you're going to do is you're going to force a lot of these guys. I know why you're doing it because you're fearful that if you tell them about these different programs that are out there, somehow it's going to adversely affect their willingness to sell real estate Uh, in your ability to to generate revenue so you're Mm -hmm. thinking about yourself you're not thinking about these people that are you know essentially trusting you that's kind of gross you should really you're doing this whole human thing kind of bad if that's the op if that's your modus of operation your job is to put the interests of the people who have entrusted you with their futures first not yours first that's what a true leader does so all of you listening and each agents let's say okay Tim and Julie you're preaching to the choir I've already done it really have you told all of your friends your family your neighbors have you told everyone that you know everywhere about these programs have you told everyone everywhere about how to take advantage of these programs because it's going to be the difference in our opinion of some of these people essentially going becoming absolutely financially financially destitute and or not a lot of people are going to need those financial lifelines to make it through uh, you know, this next little mini boom is going to feel great, but what comes after that certainly won't. And it's going to be around Christmas time. And it breaks my heart thinking about all the families out there that are ill prepared, not going to have money to buy their families Christmas presents. If that doesn't tug at your heartstrings, nothing will. You have no heart. You are the Grinch in May, which is not good, not right? Good. <laughs> okay, so do something about it. So that's the thing I hate complacency, laziness, arrogance. Guys, get past it. We have to be helping each other. That's what this country is all about. At this time, this bizarre you know, moment in history that's going to last probably longer than all of us would ever want to admit, Julie and I are giving you some indications what we believe is going to happen. It's mm-hmm. going to be not a short-term thing, this whole cycle that we're going through, but the reality of it is is we are going to go through it no matter whether we want to or not. It's going to happen. There's nothing any of us can do about it, so we all have to have each other's backs. Do not allow yourself to be... You know, put into any sort of tribe or bucket. Avoid politics. Avoid anything like that. Just remember, no matter what side of the political aisle your neighbor might be voting on, they are your neighbor. They are an American. You need to help them. And the same goes true with your customers. The same goes true, agent uh, brokers, with your agents. Everyone needs to help each other. Primarily. Uh, Get through this. Focus on the personal side of things. Text the word survival to 31996. Anything else you'd like to say, my dear? You
1: got to get into action. Stay tuned in. We'll keep you in the, you know, the the right news and the right action, but you've got to take care of yourselves. We can't do it for you. We're doing everything except doing it for you. Believe me.
0: That's right. God bless all of you. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching.